Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share a recent conversation with three leaders from our Black Professional MBA student organization, Mike Schiff, Linda Hartman, and Stephen Daly. In this conversation, I talk with Mike, Linda, and Stephen about their backgrounds, how they decided to pursue an MBA, what led them to Darden, what attracted them to serving as leaders in the Black Professional MBA student organization, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Mike Schiff, Linda Hartman, and Stephen Daly. Mike, Linda, Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Thank you for having us. Great to have you here. Um, thank you so much for taking some time out of your out of your day. It feels like a great great time to connect. Have you just had it for at least two of you? Just had a a weekend residency. Stephen, the part time program continues apace, and also we're about a week. Uh, I guess a few about a week or so after the National Black Conference up in Philadelphia. So a lot lot to talk about uh, here. Um, Mike, how's everything going? Uh, things are really good. Like you said, we just got off National Black had OGR. Um, and I'm sure if people into this, they know OGR by this point. Um, and then there are a few of us, Stephen and I, we're actually going to Italy here in a few weeks with the program. So really excited about all the things that are happening. Linda, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. As I say, similar to Mike, um, it was great being up in Philadelphia for the National Black MBA Conference. Um, she'll get into more of it later on in this podcast, but it was a really great experience for all of us that were able to go up there. We had a chance um, as ex students to connect with um, a lot of the um, residential students, which was great. Um, also had a chance to connect with a lot of great companies up there. So overall, very and uh, very good experience. Also, um, touch on a little bit, but we're in our second year of the program, so enjoying that. Um, enjoying the second, the current set of electives. Um, had a chance to be in a couple classes. I'm really enjoying so. Looking forward to uh, continuing through this next quarter. Yeah, you're in electives. And I, I do think for a lot of students, or at least this is how I, this is the impression that I get. Once you get electives, you can start to feel it. Like you can start to feel like graduation is coming. You're picking your classes now. The pace is maybe a little bit, uh, It's it loses some of the, uh, you get a little bit more time back on your schedule. At least that's the impression that I get um, from, from students. Does that feel right? Is that square um, with your experience, Linda? Yeah, I would say that's pretty much in line. Um, I think the nice thing about um, the program is that there's a wide range of electives that you can choose from. So you can choose things that are a little bit more in your lane. Um, also, kind of you touched on that, you can design your elective schedule to fit a little bit better with your personal life. Um, you know, for this for this particular quarter, I've had a chance to be in a couple electives that I found really, really um, worthwhile. Obviously, I still have a couple more weeks, but you know, one in particular, um, leadership diversity and leveraging difference with Professor Morgan Roberts has been great. Um, it's a smaller class. And for me, I found it to be really just a nice format that we're able to have really in-depth conversations with the smaller class. I think that's a little bit different than the larger sections where we have great conversations, but there's, you know, when there's 60, 65 people, it's a little bit hard to have a very intimate conversation. So um, yeah, overall, just had a really good time with it. Well, that's great. Well, Linda and Mike, as our listeners are going to put together here, both in the executive MBA program, uh, but we're also joined by Stephen Daly on our part-time program. Uh, Stephen, part-time program, weeknight classes, humming along, still in the core curriculum. How's everything going? Yeah, it's going really well. I feel like a, a year in now, kind of have a good um, sense of the schedule and everything under my belt. And 
Um, like Mike said, we have the Italy trip coming up. We just uh, signed up for electives, so can kind of see the core cur- curriculum winding down. So it's really, uh, I really feel like a year in. I have a good sense of everything and excited to hit the second half of the program. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's exciting to hear about the elective slate for this at least first uh, few elective quarters in the part-time program. Actually, we're going to record a podcast about that as well. Um, so um, lot, lots happening. Um, and this uh, this is something of an annual tradition. We uh, will generally have the the black what well, was the black executive mba student organization is now the black professional mba student organization leadership on uh the podcast to talk about what's going on with the with the club what your plans are for the year ahead so excited uh, to have you here today but before we get into that i want to talk a little bit more about you and and your background uh so mike tell us a little bit more about you and how'd you end up at dart uh yeah appreciate that so a little bit about me um i'm from philly I am in Philly, uh, spent some time in D.C., spent some time in the Navy, bouncing around uh, the East Coast, over in Okinawa, Japan. Um, I am I love being a product of the Philadelphia public school system, um, so that is something I'm really proud of. Uh, after getting out the Navy, spent some time at Community College of Philly, where I got my associate's degree, um, and then finished up with my undergrad at University of District of Columbia, uh, UDC. Actually, finished my undergrad in May 2022 and then started with the program in August. Uh, so quite quite the transition there. Um, you know, aside from that, I've worked in Bank of America, I've worked with a few different government agencies. Um, but something I'm really proud of is being also being a podcast, a podcast host for uh, a podcast called Perfect Time in Multisport, where we get to talk about mental health and normalizing people uh, struggling with mental health and how they're using athletics as a resource. So it's a little bit about me and some things I'm doing. All right. So every day that uh, we get to have a fellow podcast host on the podcast. So that's awesome. So happy to be here. I love, love storytelling so, and connecting with people. All right. Well, Linda, tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, so um, from a different region of the country. Um, so I'm originally from the Midwest. Um, I spent most of my childhood in the Minneapolis area of Minnesota. Um, after high school, I headed to the University of Wisconsin-Madison um, for undergrad, and I majored in real estate there um, through its business school. And um, after graduation, um, it was a little bit of a tricky time. It was at the end of the last recession. Um, so not the best time to have a major in real estate, um, but I ended up being very lucky that I was able to find a job in the commercial real estate um, sector. So I actually started off my career at Cushman and Wakefield. And um, after working there for a couple of years, I had the opportunity to pursue a different um, side of the industry. And that lined more of my interest in community development and affordable housing. Um, So I've been in that space for over about a decade now. Um, I currently work at DC Housing Finance Agency. And I'm really grateful to work there with this great group of individuals that are all passionate about equity. And the agency does a lot of work um, to promote both um, owner and renter occupied housing opportunities in the District of Columbia. So really grateful to be part of that organization. Um, In terms of how I ended up Darden, um, so pursuing an MBA has been on my radar for quite a long time. And I always found it a little bit tricky to find the right time to do it. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And I think the the short story is there's never a right time to do it. You just have to just make it work. Um, but I would say for myself, uh, once I moved back to DC a couple of years ago, 
Um, it felt kind of the right place, um, right time, right place to do it both professionally and personally. And um, Darden obviously, as everyone knows, is um, number three in the country. Um, so great program, so happy to be here. Thank you, Linda. Uh, Mike, you'd mentioned that you started your MBA program immediately after, effectively immediately after concluding your undergrad. Um, how did you, did you always know you wanted to do an MBA? Um, how did you figure out the timing? Like, walk uh, us through all that. Yeah, um, how to figure out, figure out the time. I'm still like figuring out a lot of those things, to be honest. <laughs> so, but, uh, and going in the Navy enlisted, um, like education just really wasn't a priority for my family um, and therefore it wasn't a priority for me. Um, but as I got off active duty, very similar to Linda, uh, when she graduated undergrad um, in 2009, it was just trying to figure out what is that thing I wanted to do, but not really having many options. Um, you know, being a adult student at Community College of Philly, um, being a 30-year-old 30, 30 student at uh, University of DC, I've always had to work. so while going to school. So I never really had an opportunity to be in a um, quasi even traditional program. So uh, knowing that I had a pretty complex background, um, I wanted to have an MBA be that like glue, right? That thing that can say, hey, I was in a program with a cohort. We started, we finished together. We navigated through things, um, you know, listening to this podcast, amplifying, you know, the work of you, amplifying the work of uh, Ashley Robinson, who was here. Um, both of you really, I mean, even her, just forcing me to say, hey, make sure you apply um, after telling myself, no, this doesn't make sense. But um, you, both of you were kind of the, those people that helped me believe that I can be here. Um, so once the pandemic, once things opened up, once I graduated, I uh, knew that it was it, it was a no brainer. Uh, a lot of the reasons Linda already mentioned. Uh, so here I am. All right. Well, that, thank you for for sharing that. I always enjoy getting people's stories out there because a lot of our listeners are wrestling with these same things that y'all are talking about. Like, oh, I could do this. Uh, I don't have the right background. It's not the right time. All of these kinds of things people say to themselves as they think about doing an executive MBA program or a part time program or whatever the case might be. Uh, Stephen, tell us a little bit more about your story and how you ended up here at Dart. Yeah, so I originally grew up outside of Boston, um, played basketball, football growing up, so really was hoping to play a sport in college. Ended up playing basketball at Colby College, a small liberal arts school in central Maine. Um, during my two summers there, I had interned at Raytheon um, after my sophomore and junior year, so um, ended up getting a full-time offer there, and that was really my first experience with, with um working in kind of a corporate setting, um, getting experience to the defense industry specifically. And um, that's really what brought me down to D.C. I've held a few different roles across the aerospace and defense sector, mostly in uh, strategy and finance. And, um, yeah, that's that's really, what, like I said, we're moving on to D.C. I've moved to Northern Virginia um, in, like, March 2021. And right after, soon after I moved, Darden actually announced the, the opening of the, the part-time MBA program. And, Graduating in 2019, it was a really good fit for me as compared to the um, executive program, just from a, a timeline standpoint. So really good fit. Um, you know, with liberal arts, you kind of learn a lot about everything and you're not really focusing on really the specifics of things sometimes. So I was at econ, 
um, environmental policy double major up there. But um, working in corporate finance, I felt like there was a lot of kind of drinking from the fire hose and learning by doing type thing. So I felt like an MBA would be a good way for me to bridge the gap. And similarly, when I looked at a lot of the C-suite um, executives at my company or different companies uh, across my industry, I saw an MBA was a common theme across um, their background. So that was another driver for me. And Darden's been a great fit, just being able to continue to work um, as, as I'm getting my MBA and um, doing kind of implementing some of the stuff I'm learning in the classroom real time during work um, is, has been a really good benefit for me professionally. So it's been a really good experience thus far and um, definitely would recommend it for, for those who are um, living in the D.C., Northern Virginia, Maryland area um, that want to continue to work and pursue their MBA because it's been a, a really positive experience for me and my classmates uh, thus far. Thank you, Stephen. For our listeners, yeah, the part-time program is more of an evening-based schedule, so the students in that program are are very local. Uh, most of the students live within 30 miles or, or less of our location here in Roslyn. Uh, the Executive MBA program, we have travelers in that program. About two-thirds of the students come from within 60 miles or less of, of our location in Roslyn. Uh, but we have a third or so of a typical Executive MBA class that may travel from further away, places like Philadelphia, uh, Mr. Ship here on the call, but also we have folks in the Midwest, Southeast, uh, Far West. We even currently have a student who travels in from Indonesia, so uh, it can it can be done. Um, so, uh, Linda, I want to talk a little bit about the transition to being an Executive MBA student. I know you're in the second year of the program taking electives now, but if you can remember back when you started the program, what were what was the adjustment like? Were there things that stand out uh, to you when you think back on that time? Um, yeah, so I would say um, I had a chance to um, connect with um, a former alumni of the program before I entered it. So I felt like I got a little bit of a warning um, on how just to kind of approach the first year. Um, and I don't say that in a bad way. I think that, um, you know, all of us are working professionals and doing school. And so I think it just provides a little bit of a unique challenge because, you know, you already, I think, in your work um we all of us work a lot, I think that's fair to say. And so now you're adding another thing on top of that. And so I think the biggest thing for me the first year was really acknowledging the time constraints and really getting better at prioritizing. I think that um, I will fully acknowledge I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. And so that's more of like checking myself and saying, you know, you have two hours to do this, make the best of that two hours instead of just being so focused on getting that one thing perfect. Um, and I think that once you kind of, you know, a lot of this, the, the unique thing about you, Darden, I feel like is that you're challenged academically, but I think you're also challenged personally. And you really realize how you work. And I think once you kind of get over, I think, identify those things and um, recognize those realities, I think you're better equipped to kind of change those and all those things that I um, that I think I've gone through and I feel like others in the program have gone through in the first year are things where, you know, you acknowledge those kind of faults that you have and fix them. And then in the end, those are things that I think are gonna enable you to be a better leader. So I can say for myself, recognizing time constraints and, and working with those, that's gonna be a reality of being a leader. And so you just kind of get better equipped. And um, I feel like in the second year, I'm much better positioned than I was my first year. But with all that said, I think it's also very important to have fun your first year. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things competing for your time. I think that's Probably one of the big challenges, right? You have work, life, and school. But even like, for example, once you get into uh, the program, you have a weekend residency, on-grounds residency, as it's been referred to here. There is so much happening during those three days. You have typically 12, 13 class sessions. There are social opportunities on Friday night, on Saturday night, uh, 
all kinds of things you can do during that weekend. So how do you make all this stuff work and manage your energy? Um, you know, I, I think it, it can be helpful just to be clear about what your priorities are and what you want to make sure you get out of the experience and spend some time thinking about that. So um, thank you, Linda, for for sharing for sharing that. It resonates a lot with what people have talked about here on, on the podcast, that sort of letting go of things that, you know, maybe feel like a perfectionist. You feel like things have to be just so have to have to relax on some of that so um, Stephen, how about for you what was the big adjustment uh for you or what were the adjustments for you as you started the part-time program yeah i would say time management is really the biggest thing for me um between work you know working and your life and then school um you have a lot of competing priorities so just understanding what you want to prioritize what you need to give up in order to prioritize it has been the biggest thing for me i mean you have on a given week like i say probably 10 to 50 pages of case readings and then kind of the concepts that go with it. So synthesizing all that, understanding it, being able to speak confidently on it in class, that, that takes some work. And then you have your 40 hour, 50 hour a week job and kind of any personal commitments along with that. It's, it's a lot to balance. So just like I said, understanding what to prioritize and what, what you want to care about and continue to push forward as you're in the program is, is really the biggest challenge I've had to um, overcome. And make sure I'm, I'm prioritizing the right things and um, using my time effectively when I have it. Do you feel like you've gotten better at that now that you're here in quarter seven, uh, quarter eight of the program? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a definitely a, a balancing act, like a story for me, for instance, I, um, I wanted to pursue an accounting certification while I was in the program. So uh, last winter I was studying for that and I realized trying to juggle three things in terms of work, the accounting certification, and then, um, school was a really difficult challenge for me. I probably wouldn't do that again. I recommend it for some, somebody else. So when you kind of add a third thing in, into, into things, like I have classmates planning weddings or kind of going on trips and whatnot. And I feel like when you add a third thing into everything, that's when it, it gets a lot to balance and juggle. So, um, that was a lesson for me. And, um, but I think like, like Linda said, it's important to use your time effectively and understand what to prioritize. So it's definitely a, a good lesson. It's something as a leader uh, moving forward, I'll continue to use and I'll rely on uh, in, in this experience I'm developing here. Thank you, Stephen. Mike, you had mentioned earlier that you've always worked while going to, to school here. Um, and so mm -hmm. I imagine that wasn't so novel for you, but being an MBA program, everybody's got a, adjustments uh, to make. So what were the adjustments for you? Yeah, uh, I love the academic experiences I've had, but um, they do not compare to the academic experience that I'm having at Dart. Um, so it's a lot it's a lot different level. Uh, so the biggest thing, to be honest, in transition um, for me has has been like just that self-talk, um, you know, I sometimes struggle with confidence. I've struggled with confidence and understanding like, hey, that this is a space that I belong in because I've had such a non-traditional you know, journey to get here. Um, I remember even saying this to some of the uh, other classmates and Linda, she was actually the one that, that amplified, hey, you probably worked just as hard, if not even harder, just because of the lack of resources you've had and now we're here. So um, I would even say I probably wasted a good year because I questioned, is this the place that I belong? Um, and realizing that I'm still here, 
Uh, I really wanted to make sure I just changed a lot of the inputs so I can get some different outputs. Um, and, and part of that is even showing up as a, a student leader, uh, which brings us here in this conversation now uh, to realize uh, how much I do belong um, and make sure other people that I identify with realize that they also belong here. Yeah, that's a very important message that self-talk is is particularly important when you're doing something as challenging as an executive MBA program. Uh, we try to remind people at the outset that if you're in a seat here, you've earned that seat, you deserve to be here. Um, you're here because we believe that you can be successful here. Um, and, you know, it can still be hard to accept that message at, at times. So and we, we know that. Um, and so uh, I appreciate appreciate that as well. So let's talk about the Black Professional and MBA Student Organization. Uh, Mike, tell us a little bit more about what this organization is is all about. Yeah. Uh, so first, even before talking about what it's about, I love to make sure we're just amplifying the people that got us to where we are. So Erica Booker and Corbin Norman um, back in 2017, they were the two that you know had this idea to create a space like the, uh, then it was called Black Executive MBA Association. Um, so now with the part-time program being uh, a part of our community, um, we wanted to make sure we were inclusive to all uh, cohorts and all programs. So we are now, as people have seen, the Darton Black Professional MBA uh, Student Association. And if you, I was actually listening to the podcast and, you know, just doing research and, and reminding myself of like what the purpose of BP MBA is, it's really just a space where, again, we can have those conversations and telling people that, hey, I feel like I don't belong. And then somebody like Linda saying, shut up, you actually do. Um, <laughs> and just, again, a, a space where we can have those conversations, collaborate with people, um, sometimes, you know, argue with people that we share the same identity with uh, for a purpose of not only getting to Darden, but making sure we're getting through Darden and then uh, making sure we're staying engaged and connecting once we leave the space. Because um, that's that's when the real work really starts. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's that's what, what this the purpose of this community is. Um, so I'm looking forward. I'm happy to be a part of that. Linda, did you know that you wanted to be involved with the Black Professional MBA as a, as a student leader? That that was something that you wanted to make part of your MBA experience? Yeah, as I say, I mean, I, I'm very happy that I was able to connect with Mike early on in the program. Um, we had a chance to think, I don't know if we ever actually were in a section together, but I feel like we always just um, were able to talk in between. Yeah, as I say, it's, it's, I feel like this has been now like, it's a long time ago, last, last year. <laughs> um, but we always had a chance to connect. And so um, you know, I was able to connect with Mike and be involved in this and in a more of a leadership capacity, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I think for myself, you know, when I went to University of Wisconsin-Madison, one of the really great things about that was um, I was part of uh, we call the Powers Nap um, group there. Um, and we really were able to, it was, group was to primarily with um, uh, historically disadvantaged minorities. Um, we had a sister group called the Chancellors. But um you know, between those two groups, we were really able to have a really great support system. Some of my closest friends still to this day are from that. Um, and so for me, I think I'm just a big, I'm just an advocate for having spaces where people can be unapologetically themselves. Um, and I think that sometimes in certain environments, that may not be something that people feel as comfortable doing. Um, so, 
you know, for me being in this leadership position, that's my, my main goal is that, you know, we create that space and Mike kind of touched on this, like I can especially say for our exec program, um, all of us are very different. We don't, <laughs> we are not monolithic. We have very different viewpoints on things. But I think that the one beautiful thing about that is, is that we created space where we can disagree and have constructive um, conversations, which is something that, you know, I just, you know, even beyond just this, this group, I also just really, um, you know, like my, I would say my favorite experiences at Darden have been where I've been able to have really just great, honest conversations with people. Um, so glad to support it kind of in this group as well. Even did you know that you wanted to make this part of your, your part-time experience that as Mike noted here, Black Executive MBA student organization initially focused on the executive MBA experience. Now that we have part-time students expanding to include part-time students, um, this is something that you knew you wanted to, to participate in? Yeah, when I was looking at business schools and kind of doing my research, one thing that jumped out to me is uh, the BEMBA at the time actually reached out to prospective African-American students and had a networking event. And, and really that was big for me and making my decision in terms of Darden having affinity-based networking and uh, groups set up for, for different identities and um, them recognizing me as a, a Black professional and looking at me through that context was really big for me in order to, to meet with other students, understand what their experience is. And um, JB Norcott was actually someone that I connected with through that networking experience. And um, he mentored me throughout the um, the application process and, you know, getting into Darden, I, I credit him a lot for, for helping me through that. So um, that was, that really set the tone for me. And once I got a chance to connect with Mike and Linda and bridge the gap into the, the part-time program, that was definitely really important for me. And I'm excited for all that we can do together now that we have the executive and part-time program working together um, across these two groups. And kind well, of let's talk a little, yeah, go ahead, please. Linda. <laughs> I should say, kind of picking back off what um, Stephen just mentioned, um, I know uh, earlier, yeah, now earlier this year, I had a chance to go to the Black Alumni Weekend in UVA, and it was really nice to be in a room full of alumni and hear their experience, hear their experience currently in a professional, um, their professional capacity. And I think that's just one great benefit that we have is, is that it doesn't just stop, and you know just this exact MBA program format, like I'll continue on. Um, and I think that all of us can kind of agree on this is that, you know, we're in very, um, we're very great, we're very lucky, the way I say it, um, of being in the DMV area where there are so many black professionals and to be able to really be able to plug into that Darden community, I think is, is really, um, is really something that's unique and great. That's great. And we always remind folks that when you come to Darden, you get multiple networks, uh, you, most immediate networks, your classmates, but you also have all the students who are learning here out of Sands Family Grounds, all the working professional students. You have Darden MBAs generally, UVA broadly. So lots of different people for you to meet and connect with. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about what Black Professional MBA has been up to uh, this year. Mike, any, any events that you would want to highlight? Uh, anything that uh, you've been doing, initiatives uh, that you want to mention here? Yeah, yeah, and definitely um, we have a ton that we're working on, uh, and I know everybody else in the call has some things that they want to make sure they amplify, but one thing that has been like a priority for me um, is making sure we're, we're forming like the appropriate leadership structure. Um, while there are things we want to do, there's nothing that we can do without having a really solid structure. 
especially with this now new format being inclusive of the part-time uh, program, we want to understand, hey, what does that look like? What is actually needed? And what are some things that we can put in place? So future uh, leaders of the Black Professional MBA Network uh, community can have those resources they need to implement the changes they want to see. Um, but just to understanding that, um, again, we, we do have some things that we want to make sure we amplify. I would actually pass it off to Linda to kind of speak about some other things that we're working on. Yeah, so I think that one of the big things that, you know, we've been kind of focused on um, is that really just kind of building the connection across all program formats. Um, I know we've all had a chance to talk about it, um, that, you know, obviously Mike and I are representing the exec format, Stephen is representing the part-time format, but there's also a large group down in, um, in Charlottesville that are the residential. Um, and so I think it's really something that we have on our radar is to really make sure that we are all interacting with each other. At the end of the day, the majority of us will end up in the mid-Atlantic professionally. And just the way things are, we will all probably cross paths, six, three, six separation. <laughs> like we'll have those overlaps. And so we really want to make sure that we're taking the time to kind of leverage this opportunity um, while we're on the same kind of stage in our lives to be able to connect. Um, so I think that's been the biggest focus. We're hopefully going to have um, some, I think we already have in the works, some events that we would like to do um, across all formats to kind of really start that um, those uh, relationships. Also, you know, kind of mentioned this at the beginning of um, this podcast, we had a chance to go to Philadelphia for the National Black MBA Conference, a chance to connect with a lot of the residential students there. It was nice to be able to go through that process with them, have a chance to talk to them about what they're interested in. Um, I think that, you know, all of us are working professionals and some of the students in the residential also have work experience. And between all of our networks, there's a lot of opportunities there. And so I think it's just, you know, again, creating those opportunities to talk and say, hey, you're interested in this. I know so-and-so that did this. Um, and so I think that's a big thing that we're working on. Also, kind of along the same lines as that is, is that um, next year, the National Black MBA Conference is actually going to be in D.C., and so that's going to provide a really great opportunity for us to be able to think, one, have a higher attendance um, across all formats, but also one of the nice things that we did in Philadelphia um, is have an alumni happy hour um, networking event, which was really great. We had a chance to connect with some alumni. Um, I know I had a chance to talk to somebody who's 2008 quite a bit. And so I think that, you know, for it being in DC, it's gonna really have great turnout and really give people more opportunity to connect um, across all formats, but also across all years. Steven, anything you would wanna share here uh, that, that Black Professional MBA has been working on or looking forward to here? Yeah, I've been really focused on how we can bridge the gap with the broader UVA community. Um, the, the program team does a great job of creating experiences that are consistent across all formats through a one darted mindset, but we wanna make sure we're also tapping into the broader UVA community. So this is why we're encouraging uh, members of our group to join the Black and Alumni Weekend, which is uh, held on grounds April 19th, 19th through 21. And we challenge all Darden uh, Black alumni listening to this to sign up as a committee member um, and encourage all, all the members that we can to show up in April, because that's a really great event and a really great way to connect with different um, people across the the Darden alumni network and UVA, broader UVA network. Um, along with that, you know, really just making sure we're bridging the, the uh, gap across all, all formats. Like I mentioned before, that was a, 
a big part of why I joined this group and I wanted to make sure the executive and part-times are working together and making sure we're, we're leveraging the broader network we can create together. So that's been another uh, big focus of mine um, as part of being on this leadership team. And real quick, uh, to, to just wrap up, even with that, we have a really unique opportunity here, all, all clubs, all pro, the DART in general, especially a professional format, uh, because we do have someone like Steven who is going to be staying here at DART in, uh, a year a year beyond when we are here, right? So now the things that we're trying to implement, we have an advocate that can help facilitate those things. Um, and then last, uh, just engagement, as Stephen mentioned, not only engagement with the broader UVA community, but especially within the DART and alumni network, you know, kind of, Linda kind of alluded to it a, a bit, and some of the phenomenal alumni come out and support the current students. And we want to make sure we cre we're creating those opportunities throughout the year. Um, so as a, a, a call to action, making sure people send us a note. I know we'll talk about this as we wrap up, but we want to get you engaged, right? We want to have some Zoom sessions quarterly uh, where we're just bringing people together to talk about things we're doing. Um, when we talk about DART and being that number three school, it is not because of the students that are here. It's largely because of the students that have come and gone. Um, so we want to make sure we're tapping into the, to that network, uh, especially in, under the context of this conversation, especially Black alumni that have been in Darden. Um, so uh, we'll talk more about some next steps and how you can uh, be a part of that community. But um, we, we want you a part. We want you here, uh, even though you graduated. Well, I love the emphasis around bringing people together. I think we get that question from prospective students a lot about how do executive MBA students connect with full-time MBA students in Charlottesville or part-time students with executive MBA students or full-time MBA students. And it's great to hear how the Black Professional MBA Student Organization has prioritized uh, this and has really made this a point of a point of emphasis uh, this year. As we, we do stress uh, to the point that was made by Stephen, that it's really all dark, right? Everybody is part of part of the same same network. And so it's great to think about clubs and organizations being this kind of connective uh, tissue. So um, Mike, what are, what are you looking forward to in the in the coming months? Obviously, Black Professional MBA has got a lot going on as always, um, but are there things that you have circled on your calendar? Uh, gosh, I don't know why I said uh, so loud, so hopefully that can be edited out. <laughs> and if not, um, looking forward to Italy. Italy is amazing. Uh, I've never been, um, looking forward to spending time with Steven. Um, you know, we, again, just because of me being here in Philly, uh, him being in DC, I don't, and us really not having the opportunity to overlap, um, looking forward to that. And then, um, gosh, I feel like there was another thing, uh, yeah, but it may come back. So if you're curious about what I was thinking about, feel free to reach out and I'd love to tell you about it if I remember. <laughs> yeah, the Italy trip is actually a part-time MBA global elective and we have four executive MBA students who are joining on that. There are also at the same time, two executive MBA global residencies that are running. Um, we have a group going to Argentina, group going to Finland, Estonia, um, which you may know in the executive MBA program, students are required to participate in one global residency if they're an IMBA format student, four global residencies if they're a GIMBA format student. Uh, to our listeners, you've probably heard this before, but if if you are if if you uh, are wondering if I go on one global residency, will I want to go on a second one? The answer is yes. Typically, most people want to once they travel, they want to travel more. Uh, Mike, 
I have something I actually want to add to that because I'm also a GIMBA student and um, there are two really uh, passionate people and adventurous people that our classmate Levi, he's gone to Argentina and then he's flying over to Italy. And then our classmate Courtney, I believe she's going to the Finland trip and then she's flying to Italy. So there's a unique opportunity uh, to go on those back-to-back -back global residencies, which is really exciting. Yeah, never been done. Uh, I can say I can say that this is the first time we've had a part-time MBA global elective. And in case you're wondering, it's an elective experience for part-time MBA students. It's not required to participate in a, in a global uh, course, but many students will will likely uh, choose to do so. Is what we expect. Uh, so we have, I think, around twenty or so students going on this uh, this first uh, trip to to Italy. So, um, Linda, um, what are you looking forward to in the coming months? Yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to seeing all the picture pictures from those global residency trips. <laughs> um, I already had mine, so I uh, had a great time in Germany over the summer. Um, but I think for me, in terms of the next few months, um, I mentioned before, I'm looking forward to doing, being able to do a, um, a joint event with both um, all formats for the Black Professional MBA group. Um, also looking forward to what uh, Stephen mentioned, the Black Alumni Weekend. Um, that'll be next April. And then um, just in general, I think I'm just looking forward to the next set of electives that are coming up next quarter. Um, I'm going back a little bit to the quant area. <laughs> so it's going to be a little bit of return, but looking forward to um, those classes. I always enjoy taking classes that I don't really know much about. So I'm looking forward to the FinTech class in particular, for example. Um, but yeah, just, I guess, continue on and just uh, looking forward to, um, you know, continue through the electives and uh, then the holidays. All right, Stephen, what are you looking forward to? I know we talked about, you know, core and then uh, electives on the on the horizon. So uh, what do you have circled on your calendar? All right, Stephen, we can't hear you, just so you know. Oh, sorry about that. I guess I was on mute. Um... Yeah, really looking forward to finishing up the, the core curriculum, kind of wrapping up these last um, two quarters. And then, as Mike mentioned, looking forward to the Italy trip and getting to travel abroad with some of my classmates. How did you decide you wanted to do a global elective? Yeah, it was something that during the recruitment process, Darden really emphasized that that was going to be a part of the, the uh, curriculum and the schedule. So. Me personally, being a college athlete, I, I didn't get to study abroad, so really uh, looking forward to get that experience as part of my MBA um, degree. All right. Well, we, this is the next to last question because we are going to talk about next steps for people who are, are listening uh, to this podcast or interested in learning more about Black Professional MBA. But, Mike, I wonder if I can come to you for a piece of advice uh, that you would share uh, with our listeners, something that you would encourage them to consider as they think about their own MBA journeys. Um. So two pieces. If you're thinking about it, just do it. Um, what I love about Darden, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you, you all still do this, but there are ways to get your application be waived. So that makes the barrier of entry a lot lower, um, if not completely removing it. Um, so the thing is now finding time to submit that application and at least consider it. Um, but the, the key advice, uh, if that I want to make sure I share um, it's kind of a quote, but yeah, if they let you in the room, don't be afraid to take up space in the room. Um, so 
if you are if you do apply and you say, hey, this is something that now I've gotten accepted to, I want to take that step forward, um, avoid what I did, which is essentially waste time by questioning if you belong in the room and just know that if you're there, you're there and take up space while you're there until they tell you to stop coming there. Um, so that's not only in life, well, for Darren, but that's also in life too. Yeah, and you're right. We do offer application fee waivers. Uh, the, there are a number of fee waivers that we have for, for folks, uh, you know, if you're a military uh, veteran, you Teach for America, Volunteer Peace Corps, et cetera. But we also have, just for everybody out there, an engagement-based fee waiver, which really just requires two steps, uh, to participate in a conversation and uh, join us for an event. It could be an in-person or an online event. Once you complete both steps, you'll earn an application fee waiver and save yourself $250. Um, so pretty easy. Um, and I think most people like saving $250 if they can. So uh, Linda, piece of advice uh, for, for our listeners, something you would encourage them uh, to keep in mind. Yeah, I think that um, the biggest piece of advice I have is to really just enjoy your time at Darden, both the academic and non-aspects of Darden. Um, you know, this it's really a great opportunity to connect with people that are very different from you. And I think that it's really just, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a big fan, again, of having just conversations with people, getting to know something a little bit different. And, um, you know, in our cohort, I can say that we have a wide range of people from different industries, different background, um, different ages, different stages of life. And um, really just, you know, be open to having maybe slightly uncomfortable conversations with people because that's the best way to learn. And it's the best way also to connect with people. Um, it really provides a little bit more context, maybe beyond just the conversation you might have in the classroom. Um, but I think it's really a great opportunity to get more insight into, you know, just the world and, and broader outside of Darden. So um, that's probably the biggest advice I have for people. And, um, you know, also just keep in mind that a lot of the relationships you're gonna meet establish at Darden will be long-term. And so really just, you know, make sure you invest in those. Yeah, we, we are constantly trying to remind people that this is not a transactional experience. This is intended to be something that's transformational, where you really have an opportunity to build relationships for 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 life, as, as noted. And it does come down to intention, though. It comes down to how you approach all of this and how you, how you invest in um, the experience. Uh, so, Mike, if somebody's interested in learning more about the Black Professional MBA student organization, um, how can they do that? What, what's a good next step for them from here? Um, good next steps. There are a few. Obviously, we're here uh, because we want to be a resource to people. So definitely using us as that resource and reaching filling. I, I will speak for myself because I don't want Linda. You can say yes if you give consent. Yes, you can talk to, to me. Out. Yes. <laughs> so Linda, have given, Linda and I we've given consent. So reach out to us um, if you have questions. You know, I, I love connecting with humans. I know the robots are going to take over here soon. So I love connecting with humans as long as we can, as much as I can. Um, but aside from that, we do have a LinkedIn group. Uh, if you're an alumni of Darden, uh, make sure you look for that LinkedIn group. It is uh, UBA, Darden School of Business, Black Executive MBA. Uh, again, some language in that may be changing, but that's what it is today. If you are having issues with finding that, again, reach out to us and we'll make sure we'll direct you in, in, in the right place. Um, or if you can't find us on LinkedIn, social media, absolutely send us an email. Uh, Linda, Stephen, and I, and, and I we, we check that email pretty regularly. That is B-E-M-B-A, leadership at darden.virginia.edu. 
Again, that is B-E-M-B-A, leadership at garden.virginia.edu. Thank you. Lots of ways to connect um, with you. And I, I will say to our listeners, if you have any any trouble tracking these folks down, we can always help with an introduction. Just reach out to us on the admissions team. Uh, Mike, Linda, Stephen, so appreciate your being on uh, the call today. It's always great hearing what the clubs and organizations are up to. Thanks for all your work on behalf of our community here at Darden. Thanks for allowing us to share space and share perspective. All right. Well, have a great have a great rest of the day, and um, look forward to seeing you around Sands Family Grounds again soon. Same to you. Have a good one. And that was my interview with Mike Ship, Linda Hartman, and Stephen Daly, three leaders in our Black Professional MBA student organization. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec at exec mba at dart.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.